0: hello and welcome to a new episode of the long ball premier league preview show i'm john townsend and i'm declan debarb declan today we're going to be talking about the birds and the bees but today we're focusing on the bees yes we're talking about brentford fc today First up, we're going to be discussing the fan base mindset, and to help us, we're joined by Brentford fanatic, which you may recognize from the Brentford fan channel, Besotted Brentford, Billy Grant.
1: Thanks for inviting me on, man. It's all good. You know, as the season started, the nerves are jangling and start to tingle, but, you know, as we start to get into this new unknown world for Brentford fans, what is known as the Premier League. Uh, We've heard about it once or twice.
0: (laughs) Well, it's great to have Brentford finally in the Prem. What would you say is the overall feeling amongst B supporters coming into the season? We've got a little WhatsApp group. I would say the feeling from them, very similar to
1: myself, is a feeling of excitement, a feeling of going into the unknown, and a
0: feeling of pride. In my, in my research, it was fascinating for me to learn about the owner, Matthew Benham, and his experience with studying analytics for uh, for sports gambling and stuff like that. And since he's bought the club, he's revolutionised the transfer policy. What is the supporter's opinion on Benham?
1: You're going to have to be pretty miserable to be a Brentford fan and not be happy how things have gone so far. In general, football fans are quite traditional so football fans don't really like change. So when Matthew Benham came in very early on and he started to very slowly because he didn't do it on a big bang style, he kind of did it quite slowly and started to, you know, putting his people into place, putting his systems into place and start to do you know, the things that he's, you know, that he wanted to do. And there were, you know, a subsection of fans, probably quite a large subsection of fans who weren't particularly happy because they felt that it was going against the grain of what you should do with football. They didn't understand it. And there, there was a, he, he went through a bit of a strange period. I mean, I think he was compared to, I think it was might've been and Mao actually, or something like that, you know, some sort of kind <laughs> of, it, it was in one of the broadsheet newspapers. I think it was the Guardian actually, as well. Oh, There's a photograph of with, with him. And it's basically all these kind of sort of quiet, sort of kind of, you know, staunch, um, so, sort of kind of full-on uh, political figures who, you know, maybe have a few question marks around them. And they put a photograph of Benham between these two characters. And it was just, you know, it was a bit kind of out of order to be quite honest with you. And uh, if, you, if you, I mean, I know Matthew Benham quite well and it didn't phase him at all. He didn't care because he was just like, well, I do what I do. And this is what I believe in. I believe in the numbers. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very, very analytical. And I believe that this is the way to go. He's a massive Brentford fan. You know, he, he he went to watch Brentford when he was in the, when he was at school. He used to bunk off going to watch Brentford, you know, playing the cup against Nottingham Forest and all stuff like that. So he's a big bees fan, but also he's a, he's a mathematician. You know, he's a very, very clever person. And he understands the statistics. So he will go out and just do exactly how he feels is right. And if he feels that Brentford needs to do a particular thing, As a fan, we may think, no, that's not the way to go because our gut reaction will feel you must go left. However, if his numbers say that you must go right, he will go right. In the
0: minds of Brentford supporters, where should the squad finish?
1: Obviously, every Brentford player, our fan will be thinking, we just want to finish 17th. Listen, you know, if we keep doing what we're doing and playing the football that we're playing, you know, maybe we can actually keep our heads above water. After the first season then we can kind of keep on going. And it's interesting because you're asking me this. A lot of people that I speak to are kind of almost like a little bit less critical of Brentford than maybe I am, where they're going to me, well, we actually think that you're actually going to do all right because the fact is that you play a particular type of football which is suited to the Premier League. Your club is really, really well set up. But as far as I'm concerned, 17th place will do me. Anything else is a bonus. But if if we finish 18th or 19th,
0: listen, we've had a good ride and we'll go back down to the championship and we'll, we'll try and tear it up down there again. Now, I, w- I would have said what's an underrated player on Brentford. However, I would imagine to a lot of Premier League fans, a lot of them are under, <laughs> underrated. Um, but what's, what's one of the, the, the non-Tony underrated players on this, on this uh, Brentford squad? Christian Norgaard, fantastic player. Was out for most of last
1: season, and I think that was part of the reason why we had a terrible start to the season. He's a defensive midfielder, CDM, and the, he actually started off as an attacking midfielder in Denmark years back. He's got an eye for a pass. He understands the attacking game. Moved into CDM, but he also knows how to basically well pass the ball, you know, and and create sort of opportunities. Like you know, he's honestly he's a fantastic player. You know, I, I'd say in Bumo is interesting because Brian and Bumo. Who is part of our infamous BMW, as they call them, not last season, but the season before? B was Ben Rama, uh, M was Bumo, and W was Watkins. And basically, between the three of them, they scored over 50 goals. Okay. And they were just they were unstoppable. And Bumo was brilliant that year. He was on fire. Last season, obviously, uh, Watkins and Ben Rama had left. So he was on his own. And he wasn't as on fire at all last season as he was the, the season before. And uh, he's still. You know, set up a few goals and scored a few goals but he wasn't anywhere near like he was before but a lot of people forget that he actually got COVID in between the break that we had in the previous season the season that we didn't go up and when he came back he was he, he wasn't quite himself and then we had a few weeks break and he came back into the whole season again and he wasn't quite himself so people were wondering whether or not he was just a one season wonder but he got a proper break this time. He went away. And I've seen him play in a couple of friendlies. and he played in the friendly against AFC Wimbledon and he looked like he was potty for it and on fire. So again, maybe he was a little, he may be one of these sort of under radar players that you may mm. not really think that he was, you know, that, you know, he, he may not have pinged up for you, you know, like Ivan Tony would do, but I think you should definitely look out for Brian and Boomer. And the last player that I would say to you, I haven't seen him play, but just talking how people have been talking him up, this Christopher Egger, that we've just got from Celtic. I've had Arsenal fans ringing me up going, how did you get in? I've spoken to, if you'd like check out the Besotted podcast, Uh, We're going to have a, an interview with a Celtic fan as well from the Celtic um, podcast as well, who just said to us, oh my God, you have got an unbelievable player there. He's played Champions League, Europa League football. He's played top level football and he's a proper leader. So I haven't seen him play as yet properly for us, but how everybody speaks, I think he may be a little bit of a, under the radar type player as well hopefully we could pop up with these players and surprise
0: a few people thank you so much for joining us today billy Um, why don't you let the listeners know where to find you listen you can check us out on besotted on twitter that's b-e-e
1: s-o-t-t-e-d and also, uh, well, besotted nineteen ninety two on Instagram, which we might start firing it up that this uh, this uh, this this season we've we've been very 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 dormant on that. Besotted nineteen ninety two on YouTube, and also besotted as well on Facebook, and also, like I said to you, if you want to check out our podcast, we've got eight hundred odd podcasts as well. Really, really popular. We've got some stuff you definitely got to check out. Like we did a podcast down the pub. We took the directors of football for Brentford down the pub a couple of weeks ago, invited a load of people, didn't tell them who's going to turn up. We had 60 people in the pub. And all of a sudden, who pops up the two directors of football. We sat there with two and a half hours and we just talked football for two and a half hours with uh Bill Giles and Rasmus Edgerson, directors of football. You should definitely check that out on pride of and also Thomas Frank, our manager as well, came down the pub. He said, I want to come on your podcast. We said, Only if you come down the pub, because we do all our podcasts down the the pub came down the pub sat and talked to him for three hours. as Gail, check it out. Thomas Frank on the Besotted Pride of West London podcast, and that's Pride of West dot London.
0: That sounds like an absolute treat having them down at the pub. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. it was. They loved it. Uh, mate. They loved it. Yeah. So thanks, thanks so much for coming on.
1: That's all right. Thanks for inviting me. And have a good season, everybody. Enjoy yourselves and check out the Mighty Bees. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll we'll give you a few things to smile about this season.
0: And I'll go to, we know what you did last summer to look at some of the transfer dealings Brentford did. And Declan, I got to say, I think I might be in love.
2: Yeah, this is a real this hipster's paradise.
0: A hundred percent hipster's pick. This is like right up there with like Leicester City off they won.
2: And I think the odds might, might be about as right. They'd need the stars to align for them to win the Premier League. But there's a lot to like with some of the business that Brentford have done. You know, this is a club that are just so well run. I, I could only dream. You know, this team is run by Matthew Benham, uh, the founder and owner of of Smart Odds, a company that provides statistical analysis and sports modeling to professional gamblers. And um, as detailed in the interview uh, with Billy, you know, it's just an incredibly well run club. They have a long term vision. They don't spend a lot of money, but a lot of their transfers come off. They know what they're buying. And I think that's the truth with most of these signings.
0: Mm-hmm. I think over the past five years, they've spent about 63 million pounds and they've brought in 160 million pounds. So this is a well-oiled machine at this point. They've brought in and sold for massive profits like Ollie Watkins, Stuart Dallas, Andre Gray, Neil Mopé, Esri Concert. The list goes on and on of Don't this talent. Uh, yep, Saeed so Ben Rama as well. It's the amount of talent that's come through the Brentford doors is insane. And it's hilarious because as soon as soon as Matthew Benham stepped into Brentford, they shut down the academy. They thought, you know what? Instead of growing all these youth prospects and then losing them the second the second they can leave the contract and go to go to Chelsea, go to an arsenal, why not just close up shop? focus all of our efforts in poaching other youth prospects, putting them into our B teams, our under-21 teams, and focus in on the transfer market. And, oh, my God, I love their business. They brought in Christopher Ayer for £13 million. That's a guy who probably should have been targeted by top six clubs, by at least Premier League teams in the upper half of the Premier League. And this is a guy who I think, three years down the line, they could Easily sold for 40, 50, maybe maybe even 60 million.
2: Yeah, I think that this is a player who is already as good as Ben White, uh, who just got sold to Arsenal for 50 million pounds. He's insane. He's a born leader. He was playing in Scotland for Celtic, as as you mentioned, John. And to get him for only 13 million, he's a presence on the pitch. He's six foot six.
0: He's a big boy.
2: Also, he's so calm on the ball. It's something that you can't really teach the composure that he has at only 23 years of age in the market of today, $13 million for this center back is it's an absolute coup. It's, it's one of the best deals of, of the summer, if not the best deal of the summer, mm-hmm. I can only see that being an absolute success for this club and he slots right in and how, how many center backs can you get for 13 million that slot right into your team. And it's not like Brentford are slouches. They're a club that came up very lucky They're, They They had to battle through the championship and on the way saw a lot of turnover, but they just keep coming back better and better. It's like the Hydra. You cannot kill them. Every time you buy a player, they'll buy three more players that will work out for the same amount of money.
0: Mm-hmm. Again, they are a hipster's paradise. They, just, <laughs> they are the smartest run club in the Premier League, I think. They they also brought in F- Frank, Frank Onyeka from F- FC Miduland, which is a club that's also owned by Matthew Benham. So it runs a on the exact
2: bit... same model, and runs on the exact yep. same model
0: exact same model but I'm getting a little bit of uh, uh Red Bull Leipzig and and Red Bull Salzburg vibes here of hey we got this really young we got this really young promising guy you want him sure here's him for a ridiculous price they only spent 6.3 million pounds on him I'm certain this guy is going to be very much worth that money and probably probably start for them relatively soon
2: And I mean, that is the whole model. They look for players in underappreciated leagues who just haven't been performing and they can get for super cheap. They look in the Turkish league. They look in the Danish leagues. They look in all the Scandinavian leagues. Frankly, they look at the lower leagues for guys that have those underlying numbers that they're looking for. You see that in Ivan Tony, who I'm sure we'll come on to in a minute, who will be absolutely crucial to their success. But these signings that they've made, it's great business. They've bought three players for under 25 million pounds with Brentford. I think they're one of those clubs that it doesn't matter if they go down, if they go down, they'll rebuild, come back up the next year, use the parachute money to buy more players that will have an impact in a year's time and build better. And in about a decade, I see them being a bonafide Premier league team pushing for Europe there. I think the most important thing that you can be as a well-run club. And I don't think there's a better run club in the, in the entire country.
0: Mm-hmm. And, just, and just before we touch on the sliding lineup, just to give a tiny bit more history on, on Brentford, since getting promoted from League One in 2014, the lowest they finished in the championship is 11th. That's the absolute minimum they finished in, in the championship. Other than that, I think second lowest was, what, it was 10th one year, 7th, a whole bunch of third place finishes. They've always been up at the top. Typically, the top half of the championship is where they've resigned since 2014. So keep they've in always mind, been competitive.
2: Sorry, John. And keep in mind that this club was plundered at the end of the season. You know, they were a club that probably should have come up. They probably would have come up, if not for the COVID lockdown. They were bossing the championship, and then the the wheels kind of came off, and they lost a lot of their momentum. They dropped down into the playoff spots. I think on the actually on the last day with uh, I think it was West Brom who passed them. If I, if my memory serves correctly, I, I can't so. remember to yes, go into the automatic promotion spots, and you don't want to be. A team that was guaranteed promotion going into probably the hardest competition in the country, the, the championship playoffs, after a grueling season when you're mm-hmm. just demoralized. But it didn't matter. They lost their two best players in Said Ben Rama to West Ham and Ollie Watkins to Villa, who we just talked about yesterday. And it didn't matter. They signed to Ivan Tony, who got something like 40 goals in the championship this year from mm-hmm. Peterborough, if I'm not mistaken, for five million pounds. And they're going to sell him for 60. Easy, something stupid like that. If he produces at the Premier League at the same, a 20 goal pace, this club is one of the best run clubs in the entire country. And I think that if you're a neutral coming into this, you're you're one of those people who has recently been converted to the religion of football and you're looking for a club, this is the team you should support.
0: A thousand percent. And also this owner, it's not just some, which Silicon Valley nerd came in and, and bought a club and thought, oh, okay, I'm going to moneyball it. This guy Matthew Baum grew up as a Brentford supporter. He is f- from the area. He is a Brentford fan. He bought his childhood club and he is running it incredibly well. It took he's a while for the fans great. to yeah, exactly. It took a little bit for the fans to I guess understand his philosophy going, "Oh, you you got to sell Andre Gray. Why got to why got to sell him?" He's, and then they then they saw, "Okay, you brought an Ollie Watkins and he's 10 times the player Andre Gray is. Oh, and you—you just—they started to trust the process a little more, and now they're fully behind it. <laughs> this club is such a well-well-run club, and the fans know it, and the fans are behind it a thousand percent.
2: I'm gonna say this: I'm—I'm I'm a huge West Ham fan. I—I I haven't said that yet, though. I think that it's—that it's come through a little bit, but
0: it's—it's—it's it's, it's okay. Admitting is the first step.
2: <laughs> if Matthew Ben Benham owned West Ham and sold Declan Rice, I wouldn't question it. That. That is the amount of faith that the the Brentford faithful have in this man. And I think that, you know, he has drawn comparisons to Moneyball. And I think that's very simplistic. And it doesn't help that he does have Billy Bean on his board, the, the man responsible for Moneyball uh, with the Oakland Athletics. But this is a special club. They're a club on the rise and talent top to bottom and a team that is just sensational. I, I don't have words for how good Brentford were in the championship how well run their club is. And I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. You look at Barcelona, who we joked about in the first show, they're ho- horribly run and they spend ridiculous amounts of money. And, you know, it's not spent well. Pjanic is going to go. They've had a huge fire sale on assets just to keep Lionel Messi. in. it's night and day when you compare to those clubs and going back to my own club, West Ham, I think we're something like the 12th, 13th richest club in the world. We apparently don't have money, but Brentford, they have a model that works and it's the reason they're here because they're not a huge club. They're, they're a small club.
0: Mm -hmm. Why don't you talk a little bit about the 11 and how they, how the squad stacks up?
2: If you look all over the pitch, they're a team that is just built right. They have a philosophy that works for them. And I think that Ivan Tony is a player we should focus on first. He's their talisman. 31 goals is what he scored In the championship last summer, I thought it was closer to 40. It might've been 40 by the end of the playoff, if I'm not mistaken, but he's this strong, powerful forward who is pacey. He's built like a machine and, you know, he has an eye for goal. He's so smart and the way that he can get in behind a defense, I think is perfectly built to, to work in the Premier league. I, I see him being absolutely fit for this division. And then you have a player like Imbuamo, who, you know, had a little bit of a quiet season last season, but is building, and he's the only three that didn't get signed from the BMW attack as described by Billy. But this squad is built to succeed, I I think. I think that Brentford are going to surprise a lot of
0: people. Mm-hmm. And with Mwamo, his nickname among some supporters is Bumo, which as an attacking player, that is a phenomenal nickname to have. But this, this squad is so well run, that I can look at this lineup. Their left wing is Kanos, who I'm not as familiar with, who I may look at another team and go, ooh, that's a spot you could probably upgrade because Ivan mean, Tony's good, and Bueno is good when he is part of the offense, when he when he's firing all cylinders, he's good, because he also had COVID uh, last season in championship, which is why he, his production was a little down. And normally I would look at that left wing spot and say that's, that's an area I want to upgrade. But knowing Brentford, I I don't feel comfortable saying that there's a particular area to upgrade because who knows? They seem to. It's we already talked talked about um, Hydra earlier. Let's do another. Let's do another Marvel reference. It's like Kane the Conqueror is running a team. No matter which player you say, you could say you you could you could say Joshua silver You need to move on from him. He's not a good enough player. Who knows? He knows more than us. He's probably going to be an amazing player too.
2: This is just the fawning over Brentford podcast. I think each Mm. week we're going to talk about Brentford, just about how amazed we are with them.
0: (laughs) I'm trying to get blown out.
2: (laughs) The spine of this team, I think is as good as any of the relegation rivals. I'm of the opinion that, you know, this Brentford team will surprise a, a lot of people this year. I truly believe that. And then you have players like Rico Henry, who they kept a hold of last season and only got better with time. I think that this Brentford team is built for success, short term and long term.
0: Yeah. And they're also their style. They press in an insane amount. They are constantly working all game. As soon as you have the ball, they are chasing you down. However, that means that they can get beat if the guy who they are pressing high up the pitch does get around with a pass or runs, runs around the press. They can get beat on the counter-attacker a little bit, but provided that that doesn't happen and they sure up some areas, which I think bringing in Christopher Ayer should do to an extent, this Redford team is ready-made for an, a high-intensity league like the Premier League. This is not a Burnley who's just going to sit back, let you come forward, and just stack the box. This is a team who's going to go for it, get the ball, and start a – blistering fast counter-attack.
2: 100%. Truly, if you're a neutral coming into the season, this is the club you should support.
0: Mm-hmm. The only the only thing I'm a tiny bit nervous of with Brentford is if there is a COVID outbreak, that could really affect the, the squad's stamina. And with playing a high-pressing defense like this, if your stamina goes, that could be wraps for Brentford this season in the Premier League. It sucks that... That could affect the team to that extent, but because of their playing style, that could come to play. Moving on to uh, to wonder kid watch, I have a few. Now this one is purely from my heart. Joe uh, Joe Adams. Don't know if he's going to get much attention this season, but he's he's my wonder kid from Football Manager. I got him when he when he was at Bowie rose up the table with me with my late annoyance save for coming up from Vanarama Van, North, and. In the game, he was phenomenal. But also looking at his highlights, he's a great pacey winger. He needs to improve his strength a little bit, where I think he can get beat off the ball a tiny bit. But definitely one to one to watch, and should also get some uh, national attention uh, in the Welsh youth teams.
2: Ah, oh, John, that. That's that's a shout for my heart. Uh, John and I are both big football manager players and um, I've had many a save saved by Joe Adams. I recently had him on my Hamburg save and he was with me from the moment I bought him in the second tier to the time I won my third champions league. So I have a lot of time for Joe Adams. He's a player who, you know, I think you're right. He does need to improve his strength, but he's so good on the ball. He's very, very creative. And I think that, if he's given the opportunity to shine that he could develop with Ivan Tony will will be very special. I just see this Brentford squad going from strength to strength.
0: Mm-hmm. And now for less of a football manager-centric pick, Fine and Bumo would probably be my other wonder kid to watch. Now, if you watch the championship or if you're a Brentford fan, you're probably screaming at this podcast going, what the hell are you talking about? He's not a wonder kid. I know for the general audience, they probably haven't heard of Bumo yet. But they will. I think this season he's going to be the key. And much like when Norch went up, Emmy Wendia was the star player of, of that Norch squad. I'm thinking Bumo could have that similar type of impact, both scoring goals and creating as many goals. Still 21 years old. It's not a hostile player yet, but he is going to be this season. I think if Tony's not getting the goals, because I do think the step up from being a striker from the championship to the premiership is a step up. He scored 31 goals last season, which is a high, high, high tally. I don't know if he's, if he gets above 13 goals, I'd say take that and run with it. That's good. That's a good first season in the prem, but I'm thinking Bumo is going to be the main creative force of this this team. And now let's move on to the last segment called stoppage time. This is a rapid-fire prediction round where each of us have sixty seconds to answer as many prompts as possible. Declan, you're first up. Let's uh, let's first of all go over a few of the prompts that we have here. First of all, let's call your shot, where we pick a random wacky prediction that we think may happen to this uh, to this team. In this case, Brentford, as well as the container, which player is going to get the most red cards and yellow cards. Red, red cards worth two points. Yellow cards worth one. So, Declan, you're up first. Are you ready? Yep. Three, two, one. Finishing position. Mid table. Top scorer. Ivan Tony. Oppa sister. Rico Henry. Good shout. Standout performer.
2: Uh, Christian Norgaard.
0: Breakthrough prospect. Joe Adams. <laughs> Call your shot.
2: Um. Brentford on their f- first match of the season against Arsenal stick four past them with Ivan Toney getting a hat trick.
0: Our Tata could be 20. The Contina Christian Norgaard. shots. Oh, okay.
2: And now we do the reverse leg, if you will. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're ready, John. Three, two, one, go. Finishing position.
0: Mid-table, but upper-mid-table.
2: Top scorer. Ivan Tony. Top assister. Mbumo. Standout performer. Mbumo. Breakthrough prospect.
0: Joe Adams. <laughs> Call your shot. Joe Adams scoring a 30-yard screamer. The Cantina. <laughs> the Cantina is going to be... I'm going to go for a rogue shout and say Pinnock, the centre-back okay
2: and for the listeners i think that one day john and i will have to do a football manager podcast where we just talk about some of our best memories from the show where we invite the players who who were able to create them for us because i think the the joe adams show might go two or three hours
0: uh, oh my god yeah a, a little
2: sneak yeah. teaser a little sneak teaser of that episode joe adams uh, saved my save i was gonna get fired I was be I was Hamburg. I, I I mentioned this, but on the last day, after getting something like twenty five assists, responsible for like a three quarters of all the goal involvements for my team, he scores a thirty five yard screamer from outside the box on a corner in the last moments of the game to save my season and keep me in the Bundesliga before going on to be to be named Champions League Player of the Year three years in a row.
0: You know, Declan, they say they say. But can he do it on a rainy day in Stoke? Well, Joe Adams, he can do it on a rainy day in Stoke. He can do it on a rainy day in Munich. He can do it on a rainy day in Milan. He can do it anywhere. Pick one.
2: (laughs) I have an undying love for this, man. And if if you're listening, Joe Adams, please reach out.
0: (laughs) Please reach out, Joe Adams. We love you.
2: (laughs) We'd love to have you on a pod and make this football manager idea a real thing.
0: (laughs) And that's the chaotic end to the brentford pod i'm sure the bees would would love it no other way and that's gonna do it for this episode make sure you check out our other show we posted today this time about the birds yes we're talking about brennan and hove albion and stay tuned as tomorrow we're going to be talking about burnley and chelsea so you won't want to miss that make sure you keep an eye on the mastermind site website for all your tactical breakdowns and great articles ahead of the season if you're enjoying this podcast make sure to give us a five-star rating as it really helps grow the podcast and thanks for listening